We've got John Ritter. Don't you mean Jack Tripper? We've got John Ritter. Okay. We've got Pam Dauber. Don't you mean Mindy from that Mork from Ork show? Pam Dauber. Nanu Nanu. Be quiet. We've got Stay Tuned right here on the Late Night Fright. Welcome to the Late Night Fright, right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan, and with me, as always, is my very tuned-in co-host, Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. Faith, we have a pretty left-field choice tonight on the show, don't we? This was your pick. Please introduce this lovely movie we're going to be talking about tonight. We are talking about Stay Tuned from 1992. 1992, Peter Hyams' film. It's, uh, it's, it's this, it, we're still in that Mercury retrograde, aren't we, Faith? We are. This movie stars Jack Tripper and Mindy. Yeah. <laughs> John Ritter and Pam Dauber are in it. What led you, before we get into this, because we have some fun stuff planned for the, for the evening, I think. What led you to pick this movie? That's a good question. No, I, I watched it, I saw it on Prime, and I just watched it on my own. I was like, you know, this might be a good movie to discuss, because it's not full-on horrific you know but there's uh you know there's some fun little horrific moments happening i guess so i was thinking of ghostbusters and the monster squad when i was watching this because uh ghostbusters because it's one of those movies where if the tone shifts left or right Mm -hmm. it's really broad comedy or it's a really horrific movie right and the monster squad because it's a darker family film and we were uh, saying on one of the shows we just feel like there's not enough kind of darker family films and this definitely fits that category and uh not a movie that they make too much i know anymore which is kind of a shame and i think it has a lot to say i'm really excited about talking about it i'm excited that you picked it this was was gonna say did were you okay with this pick it was a really neat pick it was a really neat pick, and I enjoyed it. Is neat gonna... good? No. Neat, yes. Yes. See, he's turning into Seinfeld. You're reading too much into it. No, it was a, it was a very good pick. I can't wait to talk about it. But uh, this movie deals with television. It's a movie about uh, over-absorption of television, <laughs> over-consumption, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, in the spirit of it being about television, we have talked about TV shows on this show before. We've done uh, quite a few TV episodes, and we like television. For the most part, I would say, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, In moderation. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So what we did is uh, the lost art of the TV theme song in honor of this movie being about television. Faith and I undertook this enormous task of picking our 10 favorite TV theme songs. Now, they had to be originally written for the show and really just came down to personal preference, right? Mm -hmm. Like how... uh, if we feel this song really captures the television yes. show and if we like it and that kind of thing. This was more difficult than I thought it was it going really to be. It really was. I thought it was going to be easy. And then I got into it and I was like, man, I missed out a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. My list of songs that didn't make it is pretty impressive, I, th- I think. Uh-huh. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to introduce uh, 
three from our list here. Uh, we're going to do another three after we discuss. Stay tuned. And then in the last segment where we wrap up, we're going to introduce the, the final four. So, Faith, would you like to go first? Yeah, I think I talked about this one a few weeks ago, but my number one, and it's really not in order, but... Are you going number one or ten? I'm starting at ten. Oh, you're starting at ten. Yeah, let's count. Okay, let's... Yeah. Okay, my bad. So sorry. Yeah. No, uh, this one was really hard because the one that was right below it, but I'm, I'm, I went with I Love Lucy. That's a great theme song. It always just makes me happy hearing it. Yeah, and that is one know. that was uh, on my on my list of ones that... I mean, Probably. I have a slash mark for the Twilight Zone because I couldn't pick. You couldn't pick? That's <laughs> cheating, Faith. I know. My number 10 is Twin Peaks. Okay. I think that song just <laughs> encapsulates that show and the mood of that series oh, so yeah. well. And that's kind of my left field pick. Everything else from here on is, is pretty standard. Uh, what do you have for number nine? I have Three's Company. You know, the guy we're talking about tonight, yeah. he was in a in a show, and that had a pretty good theme song. Uh, I love that theme I song. I do, too. That was another one that bubbled under. It was it was so close to being on the list. My number nine pick is the theme song called The Street Sweeper from Sanford and Son, written by Quincy Jones. All right. Uh, it's got a great bass line from Chuck Rainey. Chuck Rainey is one of the great session players of all time. He played with Steely Dan and Aretha Franklin. I'm mentioning Chuck Rainey because Chuck Rainey is going to make another appearance on my list <laughs> in a little while. <laughs> uh, number eight, what you got, Faith? I have Happy Days. Again, that's another <laughs> one that almost made it on my list. At number eight, I have Night Court. Okay. As you can tell, mine are a little <laughs> bass heavy, aren't they? <laughs> they are. A little bass heavy. I myself am a bass player. That might be part of the reason. Yeah, maybe so. We just don't <laughs> know, do we? Well, Such I, a mystery. It is a mystery. I do know one thing. I know we have a pretty good movie we're going to talk about tonight. 1992's Stay Tuned, starring Jack Tripper and Mindy. <laughs> Mrs. Mark Harmon, Pam Dauber. I like this one. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we'll see you on the other side. Come and knock on our door. Come and knock on our door. We've been waiting for you. Where the kisses are hers and hers and his, three's company too. Come and dance on our floor. Take a step that is new. We've a lovable space that needs your face, three's company too. You'll see that life is a bottle and laughter is calling for you. Down at our rendezvous. Faith, we haven't just done movies on the show, have we? We haven't. We've done TV shows. Classic TV shows like Star Trek and The Twilight Zone. And The X-Files. The truth is out there, wherever podcasts can be found. I want to believe. Nano Nano. Be quiet. Okay.
Welcome back to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And Faith told me on the break that she has some songs on her top 10 TV theme song list that is just, they're going to blow my mind. <laughs> I called them oddballs. Oddballs. They're going to blow like my mind. Just like this movie pick, right? Just like this movie. <laughs> 1992, Peter Hyams' film, Stay Tuned, starring John Ritter and Pam Dauber, also featuring Jeffrey Jones and Eugene Levy. It's a rather dark and quirky family film. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you describe it? I think that's a good way to describe it. Elements of horror and yeah. suspense and comedy. A lot of comedy in this. A lot this. of comedy, yeah. It, it's a fun movie. Yeah, I would. it would definitely uh, be at home in the comedy section. Yeah. I wouldn't put this in horror. I think they could describe it to um, Google as like fantasy and there's something else they described it as. But I think it's comedy. Yeah, it's it's definitely definitely a comedy uh, with satanic overtones. Ooh. Mm. Yep. So let's give a very brief synopsis. Uh, Jack Tripper... And uh, he will always be Jack Tripper. Uh, Jack Tripper plays a guy who sells plumbing appliances. He's not very good at it. Uh, His wife, Mindy, makes a whole lot more money than he does. And he uh, wastes away every evening uh, watching television, over-consuming television, wouldn't you say? Yes. Which is a shame because Mindy looks really good in this movie. They show her doing her aerobics. And I was like... Dude, why are you watching the Seattle Supersonics game when you have this beautiful woman just just She seems kind of annoying. daring you to pay attention to her, yeah. you know. Maybe a little annoying, but uh a little bit. she seems at least put together, you know, for the most part, but maybe she's annoyed because Yeah, but if he wants to watch TV, just let him watch TV. Maybe so. And they have two kids. And as uh was the uh MO of the day, one of the kids is of course very smart, usually the younger right. one. So this uh, also does, I believe, owe a little bit of debt to like something like uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Mm-hmm. It's kind of got that vibe, yeah. kind of sci-fi uh, mm-hmm. vibe to it. Uh, so Jeffrey Jones plays Spike, who is a demon, and he gives John Ritter a special TV with a remote that sucks him in. They have 24 hours to make it through the programming, and then they can go back to their reality or their soul belongs to the guy with cloven hooves who likes to watch television down below. <laughs> you know his name, don't you, Faith? Don't we all? Satin. <laughs> maybe maybe you're not familiar with him. <laughs> Satin. That's his name. Sure. Feel like, the, feel like the church lady with Dana Carvey. Could it be Satan? <laughs> I have to make sure to put an effect on that. Satan? Yes. There it is. So that's the nuts and bolts of it. They mm-hmm. go through... Uh, different programming it's kind of a spoof kind of a satire has something to say faith you picked the movie what did you think of stay tuned i really like the movie again i keep calling it fun and that's just that's the vibe i get watching it i have fun watching it so much fun watching it and i like that it is a family movie but there's like these dark elements and it's just it's kind of weird and i like the whole story of going through you're going in your television (laughs) Yeah, me too. You know, this is a good solid three for me. Um, I, I know Tim Burton was attached at one mm-hmm. time to direct it. You can still see some of his influence on this. Jeffrey Jones being in it, especially mm-hmm. Jeffrey Jones made an appearance in his Beetlejuice film that yeah. we talked about, and I feel like he worked with him in something else too, some other I things. Think so, but I can't think. It feels like they've yeah. worked together. Uh, but um, Jeffrey Jones is uh, probably best known for Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, I think he got in some legal trouble a few years ago. I don't know uh, what is going on with that. So 
Uh, with possession of something that you shouldn't have, and I don't mean narcotics, so I don't know what's going on with that. But um, he's very good in this as the uh, as the kind of dark, Luciferian, mm-hmm. Faustian character. So there's a Faust element to this. This could have been very scary. That's the thing about this. I was thinking about this. If Wes Craven had gotten a hand on this, yeah. you know, it could have been a very dark and spooky film. And uh, like Ghostbusters, it kind of rides the line. Uh, this is more of a satire, though, I would say, of uh, of television at that time and right. overconsumption in our consumer culture. Uh, were you getting the consumer culture vibe from it? I was, yeah. And and I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back to your uh, to your Wes Craven thing. Is that what you did? You want more of that element of darkness, or I wouldn't have been upset if it had had some more. I feel like I'm it could have been a little more horrific. Uh, now, I know I get the tone they were going for. Mm-hmm. I think they were going for a very kind of family-friendly tone. <laughs> I don't know much about the behind-the-scenes thing, but I could see that it kind of changed a little, possibly, mm-hmm. during during production. Uh, if Tim Burton had done it, I think it would have been very nightmarish. I think it... I think maybe just some of the situations could have been a little more horrific that they found themselves in. I also got the vibe. Have you ever seen an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie called The Running Man, where uh, mm-hmm. where he uh, plays the inmate and you know they put the uh, uh, the games, you know, the gladiatorial type games on mm-hmm. television. I was kind of getting that vibe just because it's one thing after another. Even yeah. though here they're fl- uh, flipping channels. So even back '86 when The Running Man came out, and this is '92. They kind of knew that we were moving towards this kind of <laughs> overconsumption. And it's really funny because I'm watching this now. This movie's almost 30 years old. I kind of sort of remember when we had three channels and I remember when it went to like 30 <laughs> channels. Right. <laughs> okay. So I just kind of dated myself there, but you know, you always hear your parents say, well, when I was growing up, we only had three channels. You know, I, maybe it was better when we had three channels because maybe so. now how many channels do you have on your television these days? I don't even know. 900 something like I don't even know. Don't and how even often know. is something on? Very rarely. So it was it was striking me as I'm watching uh, Jack Tripper sit there and watch television. And he's taking it all in how much it's changed Mm -hmm. because you know let's say thursday night must see tv thursday night back in the day was cheers and night court uh the cosby show can we say his name can we say his name these days i mean i don't know we're living in this in this day and age where everything's getting canceled right can we say it but anyway uh okay so there was a show with the jello pudding pop guy (laughs) and then um you know something like seinfeld came around or night court you know and then friends came along you know so Thursday night, you had to go watch it. You know, and if you if you were going to miss it, you had to record it on a VHS cassette. Right. You know, and these days, it's all programmed into the TV. And the binge culture, though, is something relatively new. And I was mm-hmm. thinking about that. Like, could you imagine this guy with a DVR <laughs> and nine hundred channels? Because yeah, I think maybe he has sixty channels at the most, maybe at this time. Mm-hmm. And he's there every night watching television. I mean, I know when I find a show that I watch, you know, I'm going to sit there and and binge it exactly and i'm trying to get out of that habit but uh it was you know it's kind of interesting 30 years i mean and and they were kind of seeing it you know yeah back then very true uh and then uh i like the way they were spoofing the television uh shows you know like uh with the commercials and and yeah 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 and this uh oddly enough i think this movie came out the year that the real world premiered on MTV. It was like 91 or 92. It was in, 
it's funny because then they're watching, you know, the kids are watching the parents, their own television, <laughs> you know, and it's become this thing where people are, you know, the stars now. You, we yeah. don't have like these scripted shows like we used to back I in know. the day, you know. So it, it got me thinking about that time and how much things have changed in in 30 years, which, you know, it sounds like a long time, but it's really not. And they, they change so quickly. I know. You know, it's a good point. But, uh, you know, also, too, you know, they make the uh, in the opening credits that they make the TV into the little devil, you know, <laughs> and it is in a way the devil box. I mean, I really believe that this and I I really love television. I, right. I do classic television and, uh, you know, great shows are always great, you know, but uh, I do feel like some people will overdo it. Like they live in devices now, too. And, and yep. that was probably a, a, a science fiction Star Trek thought at that time. You know, the devices. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm holding out my phone to you. You know, we have these supercomputers in our, in our, in our pockets now. I know. And, and it's crazy. It really got me thinking about that time, though. I mean, but to watch television, you had to commit yourself to it. And I, know. I mean, this guy is just just all in it. <laughs> What uh, what are your thoughts on the on the overconsumption and, and the consumer stuff? Because I mean that seems to be the driving theme here. Oh, it is, and I mean, you're right. I mean, that probably was weird in that time for somebody to to sit around and constantly watch TV. Because like you said, you can't. What are you binge watching? You know, what I'm saying? there's not like a collection of something unless yeah. you tape it. But I mean, yeah, that that had to be strange for somebody to just constantly be hooked to their tv like we are now and nobody really thinks anything of it right (laughs) um we're hooked we're hooked into our phones which i think have taken the place of the television yeah i mean am i wrong on that is that is that a left field thought i mean we see it uh we saw it on the way over here to do the show we saw we you see it at red lights people are looking at their phones constantly 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 and you have everything here in this little idiot box you know um I don't think the TV is the idiot box anymore. I think now yeah. if you made Stay Tuned, it remade it, it would have to be in the phone. with the cell phone. Maybe yeah. you get sucked into apps or something like that. Because, I mean, I, I think this is the devil box. You <laughs> no, know, I it, think so it, too. it really is. And uh, when I look at the cell phone, I think necessary evil. Mm-hmm. I really, I really do. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, it raised some, this movie, again, 30, 30, almost 30 years old, raises some really interesting questions. Yep. You know, let's talk about the cast. Uh, John Ritter. I know you absolutely love John <laughs> Ritter. Uh, you love Three's Company, don't do, you? What yeah. is it that you love about Three's Company? Because, I mean, he's best known for Three's yeah. Company, even though he had a very long and and uh, distinguished and varied career in uh, on movies and in uh, television. He was wonderful. What is it you love about uh, Three's Company, though? Because that's what he's best known for. It's just so comforting, if that makes any sense whatsoever. <laughs> I don't know. I just I grew up. And uh, I don't know what station it came on, maybe TV Land or something, but it was just always on. It was just always that show that just, you know, you want to lay down at night and just watch it. And my mother calls it brain dead television, yeah, in a good way. Yeah, you know, it's you can you can just forget about the trouble. Right, of the you day. can just sit around and overthink what's happening. You just yeah. have a good time watching it. And I don't know, he makes that show for me. He's funny, and he was. I've always loved him. He was so good. Uh, he was so adept at physical comedy and the mm-hmm. verbal comedy. And uh, I think it's kind of funny you have two TV stars in this movie, you know, really handle it, which is kind of ironic. And I don't know if it was a budget consideration or 
like they were like, hey, let's get two TV people. I actually think that I read something like that. I think there were supposed to be some bigger names, kind of like movie stars in it. But I think the I think the budget for each person was like half a million for each. And I don't think they had it. So I think that's okay. I think that's probably what what it was. But I mean, I think it works. Well, you have he works. And I'll tell you what was working for me is because there's so many different styles of comedy and uh and drama for lack of a better word going on here is they're flipping channels mm-hmm. you know they're going from one station to another and uh he's able to handle all of the different all of them, um mm-hmm. elements as is she she's right. very good pam dauber is somebody that uh she kind of retired she kind of uh, she got married and started having kids and kind of fell into the background there's an awful story she was on a show called my sister sam with a wonderful actress named rebecca schaefer that show got canceled after two years, I watched it growing up, and Rebecca Schaefer got killed by a fan, and uh, mm. that led to some anti-stalking laws, and um, then you didn't really see Pam Dauber too much, and then this was kind of the next thing right. you saw. Um, I haven't seen much from her recently. Mm-hmm. I know she's still out there and still looks as great as she mm-hmm. did uh, you know, 40 years ago when she was on Mork and Mindy, which I watched when I was a kid when it was actually <laughs> on. Um, what did you think of Pam Dauber? Because she is, you know, I think she's as integral to this as uh, John Ritter is and has a lot to do with the, uh, as she did on Mork and Mindy, makes her co-star look very good. <laughs> yeah, no, I like her here. I think that, like you said, she she's really good at adapting to each scene kind of right there with him. You know, you never feel like, she's lacking compared to him. Cause like you said, he is very physical sometimes with, with his comedy. And yeah. I feel like she was neck and neck with him. I, I liked her here. I mean, this is, this is a lady who sparred with Robin Williams, you know, and kept that show grounded more than <laughs> right. Mindy, which was a really funny show and God bless Robin, wherever he is, you know? Um, yeah, I've, I've always liked her. I grew up, you know, with her, obviously I grew up with John Ritter too. I, yeah. I'm old enough to remember, when Three's Company was actually still on the air. And again, I'm dating myself completely. Um, we have two. Uh, we mentioned Jeffrey Jones and Eugene Levy. Eugene Levy, I think, is a Canadian national treasure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, what did you think just about the supporting cast? Because they're the two biggest names in this. I think they were great. I honestly don't know if I could picture anybody else in their place. I don't know. Did you like them? I did. I did. I wanted more with them. I wanted I more too. of the uh, Jeffrey Jones spite character. I wanted more of how all of this worked. I'm not complaining me, about me anything. I just wanted more. They tell you you're selling your soul and, and the guy downstairs who's watching the television with the hooves <laughs> wants the souls. And um, I love everything about it. I love the construct of it. I love the performances. I love the little shows that they're on, you know, and they all, it adds up to a very positive experience for me. I did want just a little bit more. I'm with you. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you wanted like, a little bit more of a backstory because he just kind of shows up out of nowhere. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, yeah, you know, it's, I mean, it, it feels like there's a story with Eugene Levy yeah. and Jeffrey Jones and Eugene Levy's character is there for exposition reasons mm-hmm. then throughout. And you got Eugene Levy, who's very funny and he is very funny in this, but they see, it feels like there could have been more. He could have been more of a guide throughout all of this. But right. again, this is what it is. It was 1992. This is how movies kind of worked. Right. You know, it's very, it's very much a time capsule, too, with especially with the shows like uh, Dwayne's Underworld being a parody of Wayne's World. <laughs> what did you think of the parodies? That was actually one of my favorite, favorite parts of it. The first time I watched it, you know, specifically, I was like, oh, my, that's really clever. 
<laughs> Golden Ghouls. Yes. Uh, my favorite was My Three Sons of Bitches. Yes. I, I honestly, I, I knew that was going to be your favorite. My Three Sons I of Bitches, it. which made me think of Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> yeah. Because I think Butthead on one episode actually did say My Three Sons of Bitches. Oh. <laughs> Something like that. Um, Salt and Peppa also make an appearance yes. in this movie. Man, they were like one of the biggest rap groups in the world I at know. that time, too. And Spinderella is there with them. Always Spinderella. I don't know why. Spinderella didn't get credit. You know, it was like, I don't know. why it wasn't salt and pepper and Spinderella? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Guess it didn't, you know, I don't know. No, I liked the, uh, the, the commercial for um, Silencer of the Lambs. I <laughs> uh, also really liked the Napper Crapper 3000. Yes. The, uh, the, the chair. chair that you can take a dump in and also has a little fridge cooler and on the TV. side. Yeah. It's, I was like the Napper Crapper. I had that idea years ago. Like, I was like. <laughs> I think I was doing a Star Trek marathon with my with our good buddy Cade one time. <laughs> we did a we did a marathon of Star Trek one time. His uh fiance at the time was at the house and she left early at like 7 30, 8 o'clock, and uh we were watching season one of Star Trek and she came back twelve to fourteen hours later and I don't think we had moved. <laughs> and we had an ice chest between us so we didn't have to like get up oh and go to the gosh. fridge. Yeah. It was only like, you know, you pause to go to the bathroom or whatever and uh yeah, run outside, smoke a cigarette or something real quick. That actually sounds so awesome. <laughs> Doesn't that sound like a little slice of heaven? Yeah, we should it does. do that one day, Faye. <laughs> yeah. And she was like, have you guys moved? Nope. Nope. <laughs> you guys are dorks. And guess who got hooked on Star Trek immediately after that? She did. She did. That's right. <laughs> That's awesome. It's hard not to get hooked on Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. It really is. Let me ask you this question. Do you feel like you are addicted to television like this guy? Maybe like Mr. Nabel. Maybe not as extreme, but I will admit that I have a binge problem. When it, when I find a show, I'm hooked. And it's like, you know, okay, the next few weeks, it's just me and that show. <laughs> oh, I, I definitely have had the binge problem before. Yeah. Just before? Just not all the time? I don't time. have it right now. <laughs> I don't have it right now. I've been watching Seinfeld. I've not been binging Seinfeld, though. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm trying to limit, but I'm, so I'm trying to I'm trying to exercise <laughs> a lot more too. So, so that's part of it. You can watch and exercise. But I did binge Monk about a month ago, <laughs> so I, I have no room to talk. You really don't. What's the line from the Bible? Take the plank from your eye. You know, <laughs> you without sin cast for I I can't uh, do any of that. I I'm trying to think. I, I watched Monk too, but I didn't finish it. So, what have I binged lately? Um. Wow! Wow! I don't think I've binged anything lately. <laughs> I'm shocked. Yeah, it this like I said, 30 years ago now, and, and reality TV, the rise of that, and all these true crime shows. This would be a different movie today. Mm -hmm. It really would. Um, we're fascinated with different things these days, aren't we? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so all in all, I mean, there's really not a lot to say about this movie outside. This is really a great film, and I think it has something to say. And uh, it's dated. Right. It's very dated because of the uh, just the nature of how we consume entertainment and the shows that they're parodying mm -hmm. here. So, but you didn't hate it? No, absolutely <laughs> not. I I actually saw this uh, when it was out in the theaters back in '92. Okay. Saw it at the Bon Marche Mall. <laughs> nice. It was a summer film, I believe. It was one of those get dropped. You remember, you know, when kids could get dropped off at the mall, you yes. know, and and you didn't have to worry about anything. Yes, those days. <laughs> A long remember, time ago. Remember those days? <laughs> those were those were good days. Now we we uh, should mention that Tim Burton didn't do this film because he had to go off and do Batman Returns. Yeah, so and, we I mean can we blame him? 
in the world is a better, a better place having Batman Returns in it. I could see this movie being very similar to Beetlejuice in a way if Tim Burton had done it. And I think when I say more horrific, I, I, I think I mean more of that Beetlejuice mm-hmm. tone. Because Beetlejuice, when you think about it, really is horrific. Right. You know, and Ghostbusters <laughs> is too. But, you know, Beetlejuice does the horror comedy better, I think, than any movie mm-hmm. out there. Oh, can it you does. Th- can you think of anything that, that strides that line? Better than Beetlejuice? Yeah. No, not off the top of my because head. I think, and, and, you know, I would almost say Ghostbusters, but I think Beetlejuice does it yeah. just a little bit better. It does. It does. Yeah, I mean, I think that's when I read Tim Burton's name, I was like, yeah, it could have been more of that. You know, just even the art, just the way stuff pops out and stuff. I you could, can you can feel him oh, in yeah. this movie. Yeah, yeah. But it would have. It, it, I mean, it would have been cool for Tim Burton to work on it. But can we blame him for? for no, no. As I said, the world needed Batman Returns, and we covered that was one of our very first episodes. Yes. This two part episode. Uh, when we would go on and on and on and on about movies back in the day. And uh, that is available uh, wherever podcasts can be found. I'm really proud of that episode. I think we did a pretty good job with mm-hmm. with the character of Batman and the characters so. in those movies. And uh, that's a great film. It gets uh, knocked a little bit, although it has risen in uh, critical acclaim and among the fans. So uh, really great film. And I'm glad he went off and did that. Me too. So, although I would have liked to have seen his film here. Oh, me as too. Well as stay tuned. <laughs> Uh, I recommend this film very highly. So I do too. We are going to take a break in just a minute, but first, let us continue with our top ten TV themes. What you got? All right, <laughs> my number seven pick. I said Chuck Rainey, the great bass player who played on so many great tracks from Steely Dan and Aretha Franklin, would make another appearance. Uh, Barney Miller. He played the bass on the Barney Miller theme song has a great bass line uh, for all of you aficionados out there. If you have not seen that show, check it out. If you've not heard that theme, what's wrong with you? (laughs) Uh, Great, great track. Faith, what do you have at number seven? I put Seinfeld right there and I put it on my, did it make your list? It it didn't. And it was so difficult (laughs) because I had like the other bass tracks on there and it it was, we almost could have done top 25. (laughs) We could have, I know. I put it on here because I've always liked it, but you had shown me last week that the the guy who does Jonathan this song, Wolf, yeah, that he does it, or even you even said it on the show that he does it for every single episode. You know, he would do it for every episode. The yeah, the entire score is improvised. Yeah, and I think that's so cool how it's fit. It's molded, you know, for and then the picked, intro and stuff. And that, then he picked the bass to to not get in the way of Jerry Seinfeld's yeah. voice as the the uh, instrument. It was right. it was very close. And I'll tell you honestly, because I talked about it last week, I didn't want to <laughs> talk about it again this week, which we just did. Yeah, I mean. So thanks, Faith. <laughs> Can you blame me? Nah, I can't. Number six for me, WKRP in Cincinnati. It's I just love the That's track. It's a good one. It's a soothing uh, <laughs> tune. And I love the uh, outro music as well from that, which is a different song, but uh, gibberish words. Uh, what do you have at six? Mine is an oddball. But anyone who watches this show would agree with me. Forensic Files has to be on this list. Uh, yes, that is a very, very interesting theme. It, it, it's a, it just, I don't know. You could put the TV on and that theme just, <laughs> it just fits that show so well. Yeah. I don't know. It makes me happy to hear it for some odd reason. So that's why it's on my list. No, that's a, that's a great, that's a great call. It's 
again, it's personal preference and it works for the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, number five for me, The Greatest American Hero. Believe it or not, I'm Walking on Air, written by Mike Post, sung by Joey Scarborough. It brings me back to my childhood. This actually uh, was on the charts, hit the top 10, I it's believe. It may have song. gone to number one. And uh, I, I love the show, love the song, and uh, that's another one of my favorites. But going back to Seinfeld, George Casanza did have the answering machine message that he sang to the tune of, uh, <laughs> believe it or not, George isn't at home. Where could he be? Believe it or not, he's not home. <laughs> no, that's that's a good that's a good pick. I like that one. Uh, my number five is that where we're at. That's yes. where we're at. I pick Dexter. It just I don't know if fits that so well. I've always it's liked another it. Another good one. And actually, uh, I don't know what his name is in the movie. The intern in Stay Tuned, Sergeant Dokes. He's in Dexter. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Let's go ahead and do four, so at the end of okay. the show we'll have the top three. Uh, my number four is Laverne and Shirley. Shlemiel Shlemazel. Good one. That almost made my list, that one. It, yeah. It's, it, it was hard not to put that one, but I had a feeling you would. Um, I went a little a little odd with this one. I put Unsolved Mysteries. Oh, yeah. Because you just have to. Yeah. <laughs> now, the original Robert Stack uh, Yes. Yes. There yes. you go. Yes. Did you, uh, does it make you feel like wearing a trench coat? Yes. Walking around in the fog? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> You're odd and I love you, Faith. Thank you. You're very odd. <laughs> All right. Well, we are going to take a very short break. This is a news break, a WKMF Cozy Corner public radio news break. And when we get back, we are going to finish up our discussion of Stay Tuned from 1992, starring Jack Tripper and Mindy. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we'll see you on the other side. In a recent survey, it was determined that the average intelligence of the Daily Planet staff is hovering somewhere around the Forrest Gump area. Why, you ask? It might have something to do with the fact that a pair of glasses has been fooling them all for years. Yeah, those glasses totally change his face. Right. Right. Well, local area man Larry Linkertinker recently sneezed and farted at the same time and didn't, I repeat, didn't shit himself. In other news, it's apparently a slow news day here in Cozy Corner. Good for him. Seriously, though, think about it. A pair of glasses. Does does he really even comb his hair differently? I mean, come on. They've apparently got a Pulitzer Prize winner there in Lois Lane and she works right across from him. Investigative journalist, my ass. 
Faye took it back to Metropolis, and I'm going to end it in Metropolis. And finally, in case you missed it, Daily Planet reporter Clark Kent is actually Kalel of Krypton, better known as Superman. Idiots! Have they ever noticed he's never around when Superman zoom zooms in? Calm down, Faith. We'll be right back. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Welcome back to the Late Night Fright, right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Faith. Have you calmed down, Faith? A little bit. It's very true, though, isn't it? Just think about it. I I am thinking about it. I've been thinking about it for years. (laughs) I think about it every day, Faith. I had a look on my face the other day, and somebody asked me, what's wrong? Is everything okay? And I said, oh, no, I'm okay. I'm, uh, well, you just seem like you're down. I said, no, I'm legitimately thinking about what i'm going to eat later in superman like <laughs> you know one time somebody called me up like what are you doing i said i'm thinking about who's going to play first base for the milwaukee brewers this year you know no really what are you doing that's, that's what i'm it. doing that's what i'm doing <laughs> so anyway stay tuned we we really enjoyed this movie didn't yeah, we? we did. yeah it was a good pick uh on your part and uh, you've uh, as i've said you've had these really interesting <laughs> picks i really cannot wait to see what you pick next for us i it's have a surprise the next pick though you do and it's not really a horror picture it's horrifyingly good though <laughs> that we, counts right <laughs> it does we've stepped out of the box though before with, yeah. uh, with different movies and uh, if you didn't listen to last week's show on the amityville horror margot kidder was in that movie and we made the uh, observation that everything for us seems to be going towards Superman. It all, it's all going back to Superman. So we're going to do Superman <laughs> on the show. Because <laughs> why not? <laughs> we're going to do the 1978 Richard Donner film, Superman the Movie, starring Marlon Brando, Gene Hackman, and some guy named Christopher Reeve who just... Don't know, don't know of him. ...was no. Superman. <laughs> I mean, I mean no, that. He, he really, it, yeah. Uh, there are perfect casting choices that have been made in movies before and there's none more perfect than Christopher Reeve as Superman because as a kid watching that movie when it was still relatively new mm-hmm. and he steps off that ledge and talks to her it, it as a kid that's Superman right you know oh yeah when somebody says Superman he's the face that he's the face that pops into yeah <laughs> I mean there's two things in this world that I believe in with all of my heart Superman and Santa Claus <laughs> you know and and uh, I'm serious about that too by the way <laughs> I 
know you are. Superman and Santa Claus. And uh, to see him, though, real like that as a kid was something really special. And I would love to know what kids growing up today, if they see that movie, what they think about it. Because mm-hmm. he is Superman. There have been... And listen, Dean Cain was a wonderful Clark Kent. Uh, he didn't own it like Christopher Reeve did, but uh, he was very good. I love watching Lois and Clark with him and Terry Hatcher. Henry Cavill is wonderful. Tom Welling yeah. was wonderful on Smallville, but Christopher Reeve is it's the gold man. standard. <laughs> George Reeves before him was very good. So was Kirk Allen. Uh, so were uh, some of the voice actors who who did the character. But it's Christopher Reeve. I know. And uh, I'm really excited to talk about that movie because there's a lot to get into with it. And uh, with the superhero craze that we find ourselves in, that's the granddaddy, you know. <laughs> I know. It's so good. How long has it been since you've seen it? A long time. So will it be like a first time watch? Yeah, I mean, it's been a very, I mean, I really honestly couldn't tell you the last time I've seen it. Yeah, that's. So it's, it's exciting. Yeah, it's going to be fun yeah. and exciting to watch it again. Yeah, uh, and we are also, since uh, you know TV, we've done TV episodes before, we are going to do the pilot episode of Smallville. Which As I we have said, not seen. You have not seen. I've not seen it in a while. I loved the show when it was on. Um, very good. Very X Filesy. So um, sounds good. So <laughs> X Files was something that almost made it onto my list. Uh, let's let's go ahead and finish this up. Uh, we are doing our top ten TV theme songs. Uh, here's our top three. I will go with my number three, the Twilight Zone theme, very and good. the uh, the Donna Donna. There was another one from the first season. This is the more classic theme. All right. Um, I have Twin Peaks at number three. I know you have it on yours. That's just a very I good... I love that we both put it on there. Yeah. It's just... It's a beautiful song, really. <laughs> it really is. Very dreamy. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two for me, from the original <laughs> series... <laughs> Wait a minute. Do we have the same number two? I have Star Trek. Yeah, me too. <laughs> written by Alexander Courage. Uh, that theme is so good. Uh, it's so malleable because they use it in different ways throughout the series. They use it as a uh, as an action cue. They use it as a romantic cue. They use it as you know all kinds of different things you hear right. in the series and into the movies as well. But mm-hmm. I just think it's a really wonderful piece of music and really embodies that show. For I know, me that, and it just makes me so happy when you hear it. Me too. The 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 sense of adventure and yes. exploration and and humanity like. And it's and it's it's jazz. Like you know, to which be is, honest with great. you, it's probably one of, like if if I would watch it on a Netflix, and, you know, you can skip intro. It's probably one of the only shows I don't skip oh, intro because I, I need to hear the music. I never skip the intro. <laughs> Before I reveal my number one, I would like to tell you some of the ones that did not make it onto my list: uh, Seinfeld, Monk, yeah. The X Files, uh, the season one theme from American Horror Story. Yes, was was close. Uh, the Big Bang Theory, which is wonderful. Here's what I mean: Hawaii Five yeah. O was one magnum pi the incredible hulk miami vice charlie's angels gilligan's island we could be here all night we could be moonlighting (laughs) uh the tonight show theme from johnny carson's day uh happy days jetsons the flintstones uh the andy griffith show that's a good one uh three's company the spider-man animated cartoon spider-man spider-man uh, Jefferson's and uh so you made like a top 50 pretty much (laughs) pretty much yeah and uh my my left field one was the Pee Wee's Playhouse theme song from his show that Cindy okay. Lauper sang. So, all right, I have a feeling we have the same do number we? one. Should we do? A, should we do a countdown and say it at the same sure. time? Let's see, three, two, one. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the greatest TV theme song of all yeah. time. That's another one that just 
it like makes you feel warm and good inside when it comes on. And not only do <laughs> I love the theme song that we get in the show, if you've never heard the song in its entirety, please YouTube yeah, it because the lyrics are just amazing. <laughs> I know. The lyrics are just absolutely amazing. It is one of my favorite shows of uh, of all time. Mine too. Since we are talking, I'm going to put you on the spot. We probably could have done this uh, for this episode, but uh, what are some of your all-time favorite TV shows? Uh, oh, my. I'll go ahead and tell you. Uh, my favorite TV show of all time is Star Trek. Are the you original joking series. with me? Uh, I love South Park. We could honestly be here all we night. We could be. Uh, don't think about it. No, favorite, I mean, favorite TV I've got show. a lot. And a lot of them are on this list. Dexter, Forensic Files, yeah. 30 Rock, which didn't make the list. Uh, X-Files. Oh, my God. There's so many. Star Trek. Yeah, I think Star Trek is my favorite TV show of all time. Yeah. It's, 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 it just it informs so much <laughs> about what I like. <laughs> so, well, we, uh, we need to mention uh, John Ritter left us too early. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was a big loss when John left us. I yeah, was very, I was very bummed upset. when John left us. That was back in 2003, 2004. Mm-hmm. And uh, his son Jason is an actor. He pops up in character parts. He was in a movie that we did on the show. He was in Freddy vs. Jason. Yep. And uh, I've always liked Jason. Jason's uh, yeah. Jason's solid. But I thought you liked Freddy. Ha ha. Ha ha. Freddy, you made a funny. It's about time you made a funny. <laughs> well, excuse me. <laughs> Um, we hope all of you out there, wherever you are, are staying safe during all of this rigmarole. We'll be back to normal soon. Faith says we're going to be back to normal before we know it. So mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I'm putting my I believe in. it. I believe it too. I believe no, it. Usually my gut tells me, you know, I don't have, I don't know. I have a good feeling that things will be. I do too. Okay. I do too. If we can all just keep our heads about us and not lose them. Like they did in the French Revolution with the guillotine, like they tried to take off Mr. Ritter's head. In there you this go. Film. <laughs> I really, I really did. I like this movie. It brought me back to a simpler time. It really did. And uh, I wish they made more movies for families these days like this. It had a little more. Uh, I don't want to say adult, but you know, darker overtones yeah. to it. Yeah, so. I, do t- I do too. I, I feel. I don't know. Movies. Uh, they're just so different when you think about them. It's changed I mean, a lot. I mean, a lot. It has changed a lot, and I think next week when we talk about Superman, I think we're going to see how much they've changed, yeah. <laughs> especially the big budget movie because it's so special. I know, uh, you know, and it's uh, the first one that took it seriously. And it, but when you look at, it, there's this quaintness to it, and this in this thing that's just it's so right, mm-hmm. you know, it's so correct. And you look at it and you compare it to the big budget movies of today. Uh, and I don't want to harp on those movies we've talked no. about before. We love most of these movies that they're doing, right. you know. And uh, but there's something really special about this movie, and I think we've lost some sense of wonder. That, and and I feel like I said it last week too with um because we're plugged in maybe a little too much. Yeah, but I said it last week with Amityville Horror. There's something about those movies just with from the '70s, just the vibe of them. They just I don't know. You can sit down and watch them and just enjoy them. I feel like movies today are fast and loud and in your face, and just you have to like really take in what's happening. And And this is just. you know, the the Superman film uh, is a movie where you don't even get Superman until about 45 minutes to an hour in. You don't even see Christopher Reeve. Right. You know, it really takes its time with the legend of it. And it, and it, and it just pulls the heartstrings. And it's a wonderful, wonderful film. But the flip of that, Batman from 89 kind of does the same things, too. Right. Just in a different, you know, as those characters are so different. Just mm-hmm. in a very different way. 
Uh, and we talked about that on the show before. So, uh, you know, even 30 years ago, they were, they were, you know, different. They, it, there's been a huge shift, know. you know, with them. <laughs> I think it's special effects getting easier to do. And mm-hmm. they would have John Ritter's character just glued to the television even more than he was <laughs> in this. Uh, final question. Do you think that television is indeed the work of the devil? <laughs> Maybe, maybe not so much today. I think, like you said, the phones are probably more. The devil the box. Devil right yeah. <laughs> Satin's I mean, work. Oh, excuse me. I'm getting excited with my phone. Over. This is, I'm holding my phone because this is people constantly when they're eating, they're at the dinner table or they're yeah. in their cars. Like, put it down for two yeah. seconds. Satin's work. So I got a little aggressive there. Satin's work. You know, it doesn't take <laughs> uh, social distancing to keep us apart. We've been, we've been living apart for years and years and years now. <laughs> I mean, these these little idiot boxes in our hands. So, well, I think that's enough footy duddy for one night. <laughs> if you haven't seen, stay tuned in a while. Check it out. It is available right now on Amazon Prime. Uh, next week we will be back, as we said, with Superman the movie and the first episode of Smallville. Maybe something else. We never know, and uh, we don't know what's coming up uh, in the next few weeks. But as soon as we do, we will let you know. Faith, it seems like it's that time, doesn't it? It does. It does. Let's see if we listen very closely. I bet we will hear the music. Are you listening, Faith? I'm listening. All right, let's see. Ah, there it is on cue. I hear it. Like we planned it. <laughs> It's been fun, Faith. It's been a fun yes, night. Yes, it has. It's been really fun. Again, I hope all of you out there are safe and happy and healthy and taking care of yourself, being good to yourself and to your neighbor, as Don Cornelius, the host of Soul Train, used to say. Faith, you have anything you'd like to add? No, I think you did a good job there wrapping it up. Well, let's take it home. All right. May your coffin be cozy and your sarcophagus warm. May the light of the moon keep you safe from harm. Be you vampire, spook, specter, or beast. Always remember, keep, keep your, your monster, monster on a leash. leash. We'll see you on the other side. <laughs>